Hey y'all, this is Bree, Victoria, and Tasha, and welcome back to another great episode of the Black Millennial Mamas Podcast. By now, you know that we are on the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. So make sure you follow and subscribe to us on whichever one you use. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Black Millennial Mamas, so make sure you follow us on there. Disclaimer, Black Millennial Mamas is for everyone. We just so happen to be black millennial mamas our content is for everyone because every mother needs each other and a village we were made with the intention of celebrating motherhood but also sharing our experience while going through it also if you would like to be a sponsor on the black millennial mamas podcast email us at black at gmail.com or message us on facebook or instagram All right, y'all, with April being Autism Awareness Month, on today's episode, we'll be discussing autism with our guests, and we will also chime in on the Will Smith and Chris Rock debacle. But first, let me introduce our guest. She's a business owner, a mom, and she just welcomed twin boys into the world. So let's welcome Mallory to the Black Millennial Mamas podcast. Hey, Mallory. Hey, hey, everybody. How are you doing today? I know you're, you know, a new mom with twin boys, but I know I want uh, want you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. So go for it. Well, hello, I'm Mallory. Um, I am a mother of four children. I did recently just have twin boys. Um, I have two daughters as well. Um, Sage, that is eight, and Jaden, that is four. And the twins are Chase and Chance. Just moved, so currently in the process of packing and moving and um I do run a business photography uh snap it up and I work full-time as well so I'm very busy got a lot on my plate like it oh my gosh how do you balance (laughs) everything (laughs) honestly I don't know I just I just do it I I literally like when people ask me that I'm like I I just I don't know I just find find a way to do it every day I get everything done and not always sanely, but I do what I got to do. Yeah, take it, taking it day by day. I totally exactly. understand. So um, for our listeners, another reason why we wanted to interview Mallory is because she has a child that has autism. So we want to pretty much pick her brain and get some information from her regarding this. So I'll let Tasha start off with her question. Okay, Um, so one of the first questions I have, um, just starting out, like, what are some of the common uh, signs of autism that you've seen in your child? Okay, so for starters, the child of mine that does have autism is Sage, eight-year-old, and so for me, um, I really didn't know anything about autism until she got diagnosed, so just initially, um, it was kind of weird, like, before her diagnosis, I really never noticed anything that seemed anywhere near being off behavior wise. She hit all her milestones. Um, she just seemed like she was developing very well to me. However, I did notice after she turned one and was kind of getting close to the age of two, she started having like what we would just call like a, a bad tantrum uh, for like a toddler. However, Uh, just based on me observing other people with children my age I just noticed that her behaviors were very much extreme compared to what I've seen other kids Um, you know to the point where she would um, 
just kind of like flail around, throw herself on the ground and just kind of scream and cry like uncontrollably for like 45 minutes at a time or longer. And I just was like, I've never seen anything like that. That was the main thing that really jumped out to me that kind of prompted me to think maybe something is a little off here. Other than that, though, that was kind of the only thing that went on for a period of time. Um, then I just kind of noticed like her aversions to like food, like she really didn't eat a lot. Um, just very, very uh, focused on one type of food group. And it always seemed to be like white pasta or any white type food, crackers, um, just anything, just the color white. It was kind of just weird. So I was like, okay, that's different too. And then, um, then she started like not sleeping for days and days at a time. And I was like, okay, something's going on here. Like, I'm just not sure what it is. Again, autism never crossed my mind. I just thought, you know, I just need to kind of take her to get evaluated. So her doctor um, just recommended me to a psychiatrist and we went from there as far as getting her tested. So whenever, you know, your doctor told you about her diagnosis, did you have like any mom guilt? Um, because I know that some moms, you know, some things are out of our control, but did you just initially have any mom guilt? Like, oh my gosh, like I could have done something differently, even though you couldn't have done anything different. Like it's just something that happens, but did you have any mom guilt? I still have mom guilt. I mean, I've had it. Yeah. Since I found out. And I, I always wonder like, you know, she had gotten a serious, you know, a lot of people think, well, there's a group of people that think autism comes from vaccination. And so mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's the case, but then every now and then I'm like, you know, I think back to the time when she was about two to three months, you know, when they get that first round of like all those shots and vaccinations. And I remember her getting like a really high fever. And for a while I was like, oh my God, what if that's what it came from? And then I was like, what if, you know, I didn't take my prenatal vitamins all the time when I was pregnant with her. I just thought about all these different things that I might've did wrong. And I just really felt like it had to be my fault. Um, and to this day, I'm always just like, I always have these feelings like, am I doing things right? Or, you know, am I handling her behaviors the right way? It's, it, it's, it's a constant kind of battle with that. So yes, long and short, yes, mom you all the time. And you've been pretty much, so she's eight now. So you've been dealing with this for seven years now with, with say, yeah, she, yeah. So like, yeah. So just from when the, the onset of her behaviors, yes, the diagnosis didn't happen though, until she was three. And that kind of came because it was, you know, I had put her in, you know, a daycare and they're just like, her behavior is just really like, they're like, we just don't know how to deal with some of the things that she does. And she was just really acting out a lot. And I just think she was going through things that, you know, at, at two, two and a half, you know, you can't really verbalize what you're going through, but the teachers were just like, she's distracting, you know, she's not understanding personal space with the other children. That's another thing that children with autism struggle with is like social skills and, you know, just understanding how to relate to other kids. And it was just constant. So she got put out of like three daycares. I put her in like a, a private preschool daycare type thing. They put her out. And I was just like, that was just really kind of when we started the whole process to get her tested. But yeah, it's been, it's been ongoing since then. So it's been a while. So instead of them, so with them putting her out, did the doc, did the, the school even think like we may think that she's autistic like um, no um, you know we don't cater to those you know to, 
to autistic kids maybe you should look into other schools or did they just say we can't deal with her we it was the latter what you said it was just like we don't something you know one of the daycares the lady and I ended up you know I'm not usually the type to get ignorant with folks but I went off on her she was just pretty much like you know we've been having her sit by herself she doesn't she doesn't act right with the other kids and we don't have time to try to figure out you know kids like her and what's going on with her and I'm like lady she's freaking two like (laughs) you know it was just so like no concern just like we just can't deal with that so you're gonna have to find somewhere else to take her and it just it was so heartbreaking for me like I just like wanted to cry all the time because I'm like, you know, at a point I was dealing with all this and I was pregnant with my youngest and it was just like so stressful. And it was just like for her, I'm just like, this is my baby, like my first child, like I I wanted to protect her. And it's just like to think that adults are so callous and unconcerned. Like I'm like, you're a teacher. You should want to kind of help or guide or just even be understanding that some kids are different. But it was just a very nonchalant, just like you need to get up out of here. We can't deal with that. So that was mm-hmm. that was difficult that's trash that's it was horrible oh my god it was I, yeah, I would have went off too i would have yeah, yeah i i yeah it was it was ugly i was i lost it because you know you're pregnant too I, my hormones were off the chain but like i was like lady look <laughs> you don't ever have to worry about us again that's the like and i just went clean off and i'm like give me my stuff we out of here we, we don't we'll never come back so and it and funny enough it was a like a church-based daycare so I'm like interesting y'all religious but treating people like that so so did any of them have any like you know child like uh what do you call them uh like what Nishi does like Nishi does like you like child education uh, classes a child specialist uh people no, like even the private school I sent her to, it was just like none of these places were either they didn't understand it or they just weren't. I don't know if a lot a lot of daycares or like preschools are equipped for that, but it's when I put her in like public school for kindergarten, you know, they had IEP. So that's where, you know, she got worked with to develop like a plan throughout the school year to work with her social skills her you know her fine motor skills that kind of thing but it took a minute before I could even get to that point so that's why I took her to like a specialist to get her tested first once we figured that out in the meantime I found a daycare that was willing to you know take her in and they were willing to work with her I kind of explained the situation and I'm like until I can get her into school you know I just you know she has you know autism she also has ADHD combined with that, which is common amongst children with autism. So, you know, I'm like, she's got some behavioral issues, but we're working on it. And um, I got her into, you know, I might be getting ahead of myself because I don't know what other questions you guys have, but I got her into therapy and her therapist would come to her daycare and work with her multiple days throughout the week. So I think that helped too. Yeah. And that was one of my questions, like how is early intervention help with your child's diagnosis? So, yeah. So like I had her in ABA therapy, it's applied behavior analysis. Now there are some people that like, don't like that because it's a lot of repetition on focusing on certain types of behaviors and stopping those behaviors. But to me, Sage did very well. Um, She was learning a lot. It gave her a lot of individualized attention, which she needs. She doesn't work well in like large groups of children. She just does better when she has a one-on-one teacher and she does really well in school when she has that. And it's kind of hard in regular school 
to get that one-on-one time because, you know, they have so many kids in the class, but um, I believe having her in that therapy has helped her a lot because before that she, you know, was, was having a hard time with the other kids, um, just being able to learn certain concepts that kids her age should have known, like writing her name, knowing her address, other little things. She just really struggled with that. But when she had that one-on-one therapy, she flourished. So it, it was good in my opinion. Um, and they say with autism, the earlier you get them into therapy or get somebody working with them, the better. So that's why as soon as she got the diagnosis, I was on it. That's awesome. Good. That's really good. Um, what do you think is the biggest misconception about autistic children? Um, I just feel like people don't understand autism and I like, I didn't really understand it. And I think uh, a lot of, you know, people don't know any better. So when she would have her meltdowns and stuff, people always like, oh, you just need to whoop her. You need to whoop her. She's just acting out this, that, and the third. And I'm like, thank you, but no, thank you. That's not necessarily the way to handle a child this young. And she's got some, she's not neurotypical. So sometimes she doesn't even understand why she's doing that. So it's like, people think they're acting out or just trying to get their way or you know some people I think if you don't know somebody's autistic because it's not a look it's not like you can look at somebody and know you know especially with her being like um lower on the spectrum you know she's more high functioning so some people don't even realize that she's autistic until you really get to know her and there's certain things that you can pick up on so they might think they're rude because you know autistic children tend to be very literal they're very blunt they will speak their mind they're not trying to hurt your feelings but they're just going to say all the things that we never say because we kind of have that thing in our brain that tells us hey don't don't say that they're like I'm going to say it like they you know so it's just misconceptions with just like their sociability and um yeah so that's to me I think that's what people just think you know they might be rude or disrespectful or acting out but really that's not the case and see like you're educating me more on the topic because I'm thinking of like people that I went to high school with and I was wondering okay why do they anytime we have a test like why do they have to go out the room or thinking of uh this show is called atypical on Netflix and it's about Mm -hmm. an autistic kid it's about an autistic high schooler and he is really blunt and mm-hmm. just straight to the point and I'm like oh my god that's I, I forget his name but I love the show and yeah I remember Vic was telling me we were having a conversation about Forrest Gump she was like yeah he was autistic I was like what and so we were just bouncing back and forth. I was like oh my god okay well maybe mm-hmm. that's so like the weird. sign of it like you really don't know yeah when I was <laughs> watching it with my mom I was just talking to her and I'm just like I'm like mom was Forrest autistic? She was like, yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> I've watched this movie a hundred times, but now that I've I've been around autistic children and just autistic adults, and it, it 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 can be easily just like the way they described him, which now as an adult pisses me off. They just said he's a little slow. When in our reality, he achieves so many things that the average neurotypical person can't. Correct. So that's another thing. Like when you brought that up, like sometimes they can be like exceptional in areas that you know whereas we're just kind of like we can do a whole lot of things like with Sage like she has a great memory like Sage can remember stuff. I'll just be like girl I don't even know what you're talking about (laughs) like her memory is just incredible like 
and that's how some of them are like they just pick up on certain you know aspects or just certain talents and they'll just really flourish in that and people you know you think of autism but because it's a a, a something that causes you to be um, non-neurotypical people are like oh you know like you said they're slow but that's really not always the case you know they're they might be very good at math sage is very good at reading you know she's in second grade but she's reading above grade level and she's reading better than most of the kids in her class so it's not necessarily that she's slow it's just there's areas that she may need a little more help developing Uh what do you think so with you having other children what do you feel that you have to do differently uh with sage than what you would do with your other kids i do have to actively make sure i'm giving her a little more time and it it gets kind of hard when you start having two three four kids it's like you know, with the babies, I have to focus on them because they, you know, obviously they need a lot of attention, but, um, you know, with Sage, I have to actively be like, you know, I know, you know, you're older and you're more independent, but let me sit here and talk with you and try to, you know, just make you, you know, know that you're still important because she gets kind of off into these moments where she's very independent and she does like to be alone, but I do have to remind myself, hey, check in with Sage, you know, really give her some time. Um, and then there's just different things like Sage has issues with like her uh, motor skills. You know, she's not like severe with anything, but it's just there's certain things I do have to actively work on with her, even at her age that some kids her age probably can do, but she might struggle a little bit with. Um, and then Sage, she is very smart, but she also, you know, can be childlike at times. So there's just different things that I have to work with her, like remind her, you know, you know, you can't just be so, you know, friendly with people you don't know and, you know, it, things that you would think an eight-year-old should understand, but I have to, do have to remind myself, yes, she's doing these things exceptionally well, but there are areas, you remember, that she may not understand or things that don't come across to her the right way and you have to help her a little more in that. And it's just, it's a learning process for me because again, I knew nothing about autism. So it's like, I'm just kind of learning as I'm going and sometimes it can be difficult and, you know, so I have to make sure I'm doing what's right for her. So. So how do you feel that whenever you found out about her diagnosis, how did you pretty much educate and relay the information to your family? Because you know how black families are like, like Vic <laughs> said before his gump is like, oh, he was just a little slow, you know, mm-hmm. and autism people, you know, there are children who are more actively, actively being diagnosed with this. So how do you feel that you had to kind of educate your family or like at a family function, be like, hey, go easy on her. She's not like the other kids. Like, have you ever had to experience that? Yeah. I mean, because again, like, you know, like she'll go with like, you say my my grandmother or like a relative and I have to remind them you know when it comes to like her eating and stuff like she's not just gonna eat everything that you guys are making and you can't get frustrated or feel any type of way but she has a specific palate and she only eats certain foods so you may have to cater to that and you know if that's gonna frustrate you or bother you she probably shouldn't come over there's just certain things like you know you're gonna have to you know understand she might sit off in the room by herself on her tablet for a while that doesn't mean she doesn't want to be around you, but she just likes her alone time. She's just more of like a to herself type of a person until she's ready to kind of come out of her shell. And then it was also with the disciplining and everything. I'm like, hey, we can't, 
do stuff the way you know you guys used to do there's a whole lot of punishment corporal punishment that kind of thing I'm like that doesn't necessarily work on stage so if you feel like that's something you need to do you can't handle her outbursts or whatever you know so I don't (laughs) just educating everybody kind of explaining um you know what she's going through I kind of really don't have her around a whole lot of people and I think it's more of a hang-up for me but I just think because so many people don't really understand how to deal with certain behaviors it's just more of a comfort for me to just keep her around a a select group of people that can deal with it um but yeah like my my parents and everything they've been very helpful you know getting her to therapies like she goes to a private school now and you know as we're I'm learning they sit with me and learn the same things and you know, we're just always working to try to understand the whole autism condition as a whole, just throughout the years. Like we're just making sure we're learning everything that we can to be the best for her. Right. That's good. Uh, One of the last questions that I have is you mentioned that, um, you know, some people think that um, autism is given like through vaccines but it's more of a hereditary thing is there anything that you look back on like okay if it's hereditary I wonder if it ran in my family oh snap I did have that uncle who I always thought was a little off maybe he was autistic or maybe I had this cousin like did you ever think of things like that or you didn't really take a deep dive into like looking back through your family like maybe this person is autistic and no one ever you know diagnosed this individual with it did you ever kind of think back on that or did you just kind of like okay well she got it somewhere in the gene line I'm just gonna learn to deal with this and educate myself yeah so sage so I believe sage's father is autistic um you know the the more we were together for a long time and he always had kind of like quirky behaviors um and it, it never dawned on me, like, as we initially started dating, but, like, the more we were together, I was always just like, huh, you know, just certain things he did, I just always found a little bit odd, and, like, the more we were together, longer, longer, but, you know, you, when you love somebody, you don't, you know, it's not like I was ever going to be like, hey, I think you, I really, again, I didn't know anything about autism, but it's, like, in hindsight, I believe that's where Sage got it from. I mean, it's, he did have ADHD as a child, his mother told me, but I truly believe he's autistic. And I'm pretty sure that that's where that came from. Um, I have one autistic relative, but um, I mean, he's on the, the extreme end of the spectrum. I mean, he's nonverbal. He, he can't care for himself or anything like that. But I, I don't believe anyone else in my family has it. So I'm, I'm almost 100% sure it comes from um, her father and so you know he was never diagnosed and he never really got the help in my opinion that he probably should have um, just even for his ADHD but that's why I go so hard for Sage because I want her to be able to flourish and one day be able to be independent and have all the things that she wants out of life you know she talks about how she wants to be married and have children and just have like a, a typical life that most, you know, a lot of young girls dream of. And I want her to be able to have that, whatever she wants to do educationally or just anything. So I'm like, I, I make sure she has everything that she needs. But yes. Really interesting. Um, go ahead, yeah. Tasha. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. So um, my last question, um, what are some important questions that we should be asking our pediatrician if we feel like 
our child is on the spectrum? Um, I mean, I just think if anytime you see something, I, I, you know, as moms, we are always like checking milestones and checking to see what, you know, children are doing. Like, I remember Victoria, when she was talking to me, you know, it was about a lot of people. Well, in general, when, you know, your kid hits one, everybody's looking for your, your kid to start talking. And I know that's a huge thing with autism that it wasn't Sage was talking well, but I know a lot of children that tends to be like one of the first signs. And it's like, you kind of have to push doctors sometimes because sometimes they'll be like, you know, they're just moving a little bit slow or um, this is just typical of kids their age. And I just know if you see anything where your kids are acting out a little bit more than usual or, you know, your child is talking and they stop talking or if, you know, they're not talking at all or if they're not hitting certain milestones and a doctor just kind of dismisses it it's just really more of a like a pressing type of thing like I'm always a a presser because I'm a worrier type of person anyway so I'm gonna keep asking and I'm just be like hey this still doesn't seem normal to me you know she's not doing you know xyz or her behavior is very extreme you know and that's what I kept having to tell her doctor I was like you know her her behaviors are just really extreme and I just kept telling her that I'm like she's not sleeping And after a while, she was just like, well, she's hitting all her milestones. I'm like, yeah, but something is not right. And so eventually she suggested me to somebody. But I just think, you know, as a mother, if you look at the list of, you know, and I guess I didn't do that, look look at any list of symptoms for autism. But just as a mother, I feel like sometimes we just know when there's something going on. And I just think you really have to be an advocate for your child, really, if anything. And if the doctor's not listening, go to another doctor or continue to bring it up or whatever you have to do to get some advice or get a referral um, to help your child. So yeah, definitely. And I'm kind of like on the same wavelength as you. Like, I'm definitely a worrier. I've always been a worrier since like day one, since mm-hmm. I found out I was pregnant. And you know, just like Vic, she was like, you know, I'm worried about Pooty because she was like, she's not talking. And now I'm kind of feeling like the same way, but I feel like Renzo is like almost there. So I don't know if it's like speechless or maybe it could be autism or whatever. And it's just like, like for the past, like two months, I'm just like, I'm just doing all this research. I'm like, well, he's doing like, he's doing this. He's meeting all his motor skills, fine motor skills, gross motor skills and everything like that. Uh, Gives me eye contact. He plays normally and everything like that. And he can mock my sounds, but he's still not where he should be with his words. So I'm like, he's like 18 months now. So I'm just like, should I get him checked out? Or, you know, so like on this next appointment, I'm definitely going to be asking questions, you know, and if it's not what I like to hear, you know, like you said, I'll find somewhere else to go. But yeah, yeah. That's- I mean, and that's the thing, like with Sage, like you just stated, Sage did everything textbook. I mean, it's, it was, so that was the thing for me. And even during testing, they constantly asked me questions. I'm like, she, I mean, I just would have never thought, like, I just, she was doing everything. I mean, she was walking when she was supposed to, talking when she was supposed to. I mean, she rolled over, was crawling, you know, it was eye contact. I mean, there was nothing that ever would have made me think that there was anything going on until her uh, meltdown started happening. And that was just like my real first glimpse and idea that maybe something different was going on. But 
you just there if there's something that's kind of sticking out I just always say just really you know keep an eye on that and don't just take like a you know a lot a lot of times I just feel like doctors will be like well that's just normal or they're just being lazy or they're just moving it's just like pay attention to those types of things because it's just like I said the sooner the better and you just don't want to overlook something and but I also you know you don't want to be too too so worried that you're like looking at everything but you know it's just it's kind of a hard hard thing but I think as mothers you know when something is drastically different with your child I just feel like it, it's it stands out you feel it and it's just like something that just doesn't go away and it doesn't hurt to try to find out so yeah definitely because I was literally at that point I was like literally watching every move I'm like mm-hmm. is this autism oh he's spinning <laughs> Is this autism? Yeah. Well, and oh, yeah. He, he's doing this. Is this is this autism? And then yeah. like I had to take a step back and like, you know, some of these some of these things can be normal, and right. then you have to look at for the repetition. And he doesn't exactly. do anything that that's like constantly re- repeating itself. So like I have to like calm down and stop being a helicopter parent exactly still you know like I'm still keeping my eye out you know but yeah well and I will say if he's playing like another thing a couple of other things I remember like the doctors talking about sage playing pretend was something that I found interesting that you would Mm -hmm. never think would be something but that was something they noticed. So like when they, when I took her to the therapist, cause this was just initially for her behavior, they sent me to the psychiatrist and it was just kind of to observe her behavior and help me to get her through whatever behavioral issues or emotional issues she might've been experiencing. Cause autism still hadn't really come up at that point. But when we went to the psychiatrist's office, they were watching and observing her and they just noticed how she played. And that was something they said stand out. So usually like around two to three, you know, kids start playing pretend with their toys. And, you know, you hear your kids make up little fake scenarios with their dolls or their cars or whatever they're doing. Well, with Sage, she more so would line her toys up and just like lay them down in like certain just patterns it was never like she was playing with them it was just like a lot of patterned behavior she would put them in the dollhouse and line them up inside the dollhouse or lay them down in like certain ways and the doctor was like that's you know for her age she should be playing differently with her toys and I'm like what I'm like that's such an odd thing that you wouldn't even think of because I was just thinking she just like playing with her toys like that I would have never guessed that that was a symptom of autism and another thing with her speech, again, she could talk, but a lot of times if you would ask Sage a question or give Sage a command, she would repeat it back rather than respond to it or answer the question. And so they call that echolalia. And so it's like, if your child continues to just repeat things rather than respond or give you an answer, that can sometimes be another symptom. So it's just other little odd things that you may not really pick up on or think about. and so I was like, I just would have never thought, you know, so here I'm thinking it was just the the meltdowns, but there was some other things that I didn't even pick up on. So, yeah, I definitely, <laughs> yeah, because like, I sometimes I really don't like communicate with like, you know, my family and friends about like things that I'd be going through. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, I just like, just stay to myself. And I'll be dealing with it and like, 
I've been wanting to talk to someone about it. So like, this was kind of like my perfect time to like pick your brain, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, like I said, because like I, I would go on YouTube and watch like tons of videos yeah. of what is atypical and, you know, what the other behaviors are. And he doesn't do any of that. He, pay, he plays with his toys. He can mock, he can play pretend. He gives eye contact. You know, he responds to his name and things yep. like this. So I was like, maybe, okay, maybe it, it may be just speech delay. Correct. But, and that's the thing. There's so many other things that it could be. Mm-hmm. I just think sometimes when you hear about so many kids being diagnosed, it's like, and even now with my other kids, I'm so hyper, like aware of things that they do. I, 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 and I, I'm like, God, you need to relax a little bit. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, but it's scary. Cause it's like, I don't know if, and I don't want to use that word scary, but it's just more so like me. I'm like a hawk now. I'm like looking at my twins and I'm like, are y'all, you know, you know, uh, when they hit three months, they're supposed to be the eye contact thing. And I'm just like looking at the baby looking at me. Is he smiling? Is he showing emotion? And it's just like, I really have to calm myself down too. Cause I'm like, look, you about to drive yourself crazy. Like, <laughs> don't do that. Boy, I tell you, because like, it was like <laughs> one point in time to where like, I was like, just like, I couldn't, I would stay up all night and I'll, I would cry or I just like, I don't know. Cause I don't know what to do. Cause mm-hmm. even the first time mom, yep. you know, you don't know. There's no. so many unknowns, you know? And then it's like, it's kind of hard to talk to people about like, or you don't want somebody to feel a certain type. Oh, you don't want to hear, oh, he's going to be fine. Such, such, such. No, I, I don't want to sugar. I don't want to like sugarcoat anything, you know, yeah. to think and program in my brain. Oh, my baby's going to be fine. No, you, you really want to figure out what's going on and that um, and that's why so many people go undiagnosed because some people really don't understand or believe in those types of things so it's just like you know they'll overlook it or just be like oh he'll grow out of it or and that was kind of some of the things with my family they were like well don't tell the school and don't and you know don't don't really tell people you don't want that label on her and I'm like damn it I have to tell them like she needs to be able to get help I don't want them putting her out of school or expecting certain performance out of her that she may not be able to give like it's not it's nothing to be ashamed of I mean it's it she has to get the help that she needs I'm like she she can't if we just pretend like this doesn't exist she's not going to be able to flourish so I'm like I don't care what other people think you know like I I really don't so it's like I'm going to make sure that she has what she needs and I'm like I'm not worried about some label or whatever y'all talking about like that was kind of the thing I had to get through with my family because they're just kind of you know let's just keep everything private you know you don't need to I'm like nah we I'm getting Sage some help so thank you but no thank you for your advice exactly but yeah but it gives me a better perspective on like what I should do and who I should talk to and things like that yep. yeah well Vic is there anything you wanted to add as y'all know I found out that um Kennedy's autistic and like uh Mallory said like I I was going to my doctor I went to my doctor at least every you know her checkup her I think she had one at like 15 months and one at 18 months and I brought up that she wasn't talking and they were like oh well you know some kids don't start talking till two she might be a late talker and I'm just like no that don't sound right to me and I and you know I've dealt with 
development delays with Kevin and Kendrick because they were older. You know, they were born way too soon. And so I know like, okay, sometimes things get delayed, but once we got to 20 months, so when she was almost two, I was just doing some research and I was just looking up stuff. And I noticed that it said that she was supposed to be doing um, two word phrases by now. And she was just more so doing repetitive things like mama, dada, and Gabby. That was probably as much as we got out of her. Um, so I took it upon myself. I didn't even ask anybody how they felt at that point because I was like, I don't, something's not right. I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's not right. Um, so I asked, I didn't even go to her doctor and was like, hey, you know, I, was, I called them and said, I need a referral to a speech therapist or someone for my daughter. And they they just gave it to me because they know I had already spoke about it before. So at this point, I don't need no, well, maybe we could do this. Maybe we could, no, I want to, I want a speech therapist. So they end up giving me Missouri first step. And so she came to the house, uh, the pathologist came to the house and she was literally there to just see like her speech delay. And then she says to me, she's like, do you think she might be autistic? And I said that it's come across my mind because I've done the research. She doesn't give eye contact. She doesn't talk. She has repetitious behaviors, um, but she'll smile at me. You know, like people think, I think they think that autism is like, you, they have to hit all of these when they could do some and not all. And so with her, she would do some, but not all. She, so once we did that um, turn around and the pathologist told me to go to Wash U to get a diagnosis. I'm like, okay, it happened fairly quick. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. They were like, I probably got it way quicker than most people. But that's, I think that was just the luck of the draw. Like I just called at the right time and spoke to the right people. Um, so they did her appointment and it was so funny because me and the, ther the psychiatrist, the neurologist, the speech therapist were all on Zoom and they asked me, they was like, okay, so observed her. It was a three hour appointment on Zoom. We, uh, we've observed her, but mom, we want to kind of know what you think's going on. And I was like, I think it's either a, a severe speech delay or she's autistic. And they said that we're kind of on the fence about that too. They were like, we think she's so low on the spectrum that it could be either or. And they were like, cause she's hitting a lot of her other milestones perfectly fine. She's just, she doesn't talk and she doesn't really socialize with other kids. Like when she's around other children, she don't really want to participate with them. And she does like to be alone a lot. So, or under me. So when we did all of that, I think it took me a minute and I just told Brianna about this. It took me a minute to really like cry about it because, and I wasn't crying because my daughter was autistic. I was crying because I've been saying something for months that I felt like something was wrong and everybody kept telling me she's lazy, oh, she's spoiled, oh, you need to make her do this. I remember my mother gave me the advice to basically stop giving her whatever she wants until she says what she wants, don't give it to her. And I was like, you're telling me to neglect my child. In so many words, you're telling me to neglect my child. And so when it finally did come out and I told her and she was like, okay, well now I understand. I'm like, if I would have gone about it your way, I don't know what type of damage I could have done if I would have went about it the way our uh, our elders say to be done when you have a child that's just not being typical. Right. And that's so, the reason why that's the reason why I was so afraid to like say something because I was like, 
I know how my family is. And they're like, oh, he gonna he'll grow out of no. I would rather go about it and try to figure out what's going on with the doctors and things like that before I go and tell my family or someone about it because they're gonna be like, oh, he's just fine. And I don't want to get give my hopes up type type of thing. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, like I had been talking about it for months. Like it wasn't like it was like like this randomly happened. Like I told you guys about it. I talk to my mom about it all the time and I'm just like she doesn't talk and I'm like that's weird I'm like she should be talking by now if anything and I even told the therapist my mom I said as much as I cuss she hasn't said a cuss word at least I'm like so I'm like no like something's wrong and I'm glad I went with my first mind and even like when I was talking to her dad and I was telling him and he was like you know you did say that and you know she we need to get it checked out and I'm just like if I would have followed my first mind longer ago, she probably would have got it diagnosed earlier. But at the same time, it's hard to diagnose small children because they don't really start talking until like 18 months. And so I ain't gonna lie, it's been kind of stressful. And I really did have like a really bad cry this week about it because the amount of, and me and Mallory talked about this too, the amount of stuff I have to do the ABA therapy, the speech therapy, the occupational therapy. She has to go to physical therapy because she walks on her tippy toes. And we thought it was just cute. They, oh, she walks on her tippy toes. She's just going to be really light on her feet. No, that's a sign of autism. And that yes. means there's something going on with her physical, ther- her physical being that she's just, she, and it's a textural thing too. I noticed that she has sensory issues too. And like, my dad likes to give slobber kisses, Okay. And so he did that to her and she got really upset. And I had to explain to him, she has sensory issues. She doesn't like that. Like she doesn't, she's, she's particular. So I've noticed like when she walk on her tippy toes, she'll walk on her tippy toes on hardwood floor, ceramic, anything that's not carpet, she will walk on her tippy toes. She runs on her tippy toes. And so little things like that, I was just like, you know what? I, I could have been got this done. But I mean, I, some people say I still got it done pretty early for her age you did honestly in my opinion because sometimes because I was told they wouldn't even diagnose that young so I had to wait till she was almost three and I that was yeah. stressful I mean it, it, it can be it, it can be very stressful I mean as a parent it sounds like you kind of researched for me I just didn't know anything so I'm just sitting up here stressed just constantly I almost lost my job like it was just a lot going on and it's like if you don't know anything and you don't know like what the steps are to take to to find the answer I mean I was just I cried all the time and I cried when she got her diagnosis I still cry sometimes because I just you know there's there's times where she'll seem like she's really developing and then she'll backslide and I'm just like Lord Mm -hmm. please I just want my daughter to have a good life and be able to experience everything she wants to and that's always what goes through my mind and I'm just like, I want her to be okay. I want her to be treated well and, and by her peers. You know, it's just a lot that goes into all that. And it's just, oh, it's, yeah. it is a stressful thing. And I think what helped me the most, and honestly, y'all know how much I love TikTok, y'all. Y'all know how much I love TikTok. It was TikTok that really pointed out to me around like her, right before she turned two, um, this lady was just showing a video of her daughter and she was like these are kind of signs of autism and like she was like climbing up on things like really dangerous kind of situations kennedy if I, most of y'all know she climbs up on the tv stand on my coffee table on the table yeah. in the kitchen 
she has no concern about danger at all and uh she twists her fingers around a lot she's she spins in circles repeatedly like she has a lot of repetitious behavior so things like that that's what showed it to me and then I started doing my research and I was on the phone with my mom and I remember talking to her about it and I'm just like oh well she does this 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 but she's like but she doesn't do that and I'm like you don't have to do the whole goddamn list to be autistic mom and so I don't know it felt like the weight was lifted off my shoulders when I got the diagnosis but at the same time it's like a whole nother weight got put on there with the amount of therapy she has to do just to get her on track um that's the part that's like killing me right now just dealing with that yeah it's it's very it's it's time consuming and then it's like when you're a you have other children you have a job you have other things that's the hard part for me because I feel like I'm I still have to work to take care of my children but I feel like hey you got to understand my daughter I have things that I have to take care of when it comes to her so it just becomes a whole thing and it's it's, it's it can be a lot especially when you're dealing with people like in my situation you know her dad's side of the family isn't necessarily compliant like Sage is on medication to kind of help calm her down because she you know with the ADHD she gets very hyper as well and I didn't want to take it there with medication but it was becoming such an issue in school that I had to um Mm -hmm. she's on meds to help her sleep because Sage will go days I mean she could go five days without sleeping and she'll sleep one day yeah one day and the cycle will start back up all over again and it's it's it was so bad to where I was just like I we got to do something like this I can't function because I couldn't get any sleep I'm like this is not working and it's like as much as I didn't want to do that um it has helped you know she she goes to sleep now I mean she's pretty calm throughout the day but it's just it's a it's a, a whole lot that goes into that and trying to find a therapy that works with your work schedule it's just so many different things it's just like you know you're juggling a lot so I definitely feel for you Vic because I'm right there with you yeah her therapy literally starts this week and then the bad part is we move at the end of this month so I have to find completely new therapists once we move yeah and I'm just yeah. like, this shit is stressing me out. Yeah. Man. And it seems like it's just nothing you can do to, I would say, well, I don't know, Mallory can probably attest to this, so correct me, but it almost seems like there's almost nothing you can do to just be like, oh, yeah, everything's fine, because each day could be something different. Like, yeah. you feel it's- like, okay, all the therapists and all the appointments and all of that, like, oh, yeah, it works, but then you may just have a day where it's like, or a week or a month where it's like man you know now we're dealing with this you know yeah and and I think for me because Sage is older now she's going through different things that maybe Kennedy might not be experiencing yet where you know when your Mm -hmm. child is younger they're not so worried about other kids and boys and she you know she you know if somebody's picking on her at school she's taking that you know they take things very literally they say, you know, they're very literal and they take what you say very literally. So, you know, when someone's picking on you and joking like, oh, you know, just anything about you, your appearance or whatever, they're going to believe you. And so for Sage, she's like, she takes everything to heart and it's like, she's getting picked on at school. So for a while it was like, I don't want to go to school. And it was like meltdowns every morning. And I'm like, I got to go to work. Like it was just so, it was so overwhelming at times. Like I, I was just like, man, this is a lot. And then because her father 
you know, he has his own issues because because of, I believe, his undiagnosed autism. He's not there to help with her. So I dealt with that completely as a single parent. And and so that it, it's just, it's, it's a lot. And trying to make sure, you know, she's got anxiety. You know, she went through a period where she was going through, I believe, a depression, even at her young age, because it was just so hard for her to relate to the other kids. And kids, you know, I've heard kids be like, she's weird. She's this, she's that. And it just it's just oh I just I'll be like you know I'm just gonna take you away from everybody I just don't even want people to be around you and I just know that's not you can't do that but it's just I just want to protect her all the time and it's just Mm -hmm. it's a lot emotionally mentally just everything so yeah and it it do change every day I can't even lie because like Mm -hmm. now lately she's her tantrum tantrums are beyond what I can deal with sometimes. Yeah. She will cry for it. And they, when they asked me at her appointment, I was like, no, she, it'll last like maybe 45 seconds and then she's over it. And then as soon as that was over with, she's now it's going on like an hour. She'll cry for an hour mm-hmm. and just be upset. And there's nothing I can do to console her. She will flail around. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what yeah. to do. I don't know how to help you or give you what you need. And it's hard, Victoria, because when they're young like that, they you can't see Sage because she's eight now. You know, I have like breathing techniques that I work with her when she she doesn't have them as much now that she's older. But there's certain things like meditation, yoga, breathing techniques I do with her to help her calm down. But with the child Kennedy's age, they're not necessarily going to understand that. So it's like yeah. you have to figure out some way to work through that. And you're correct. Day to day, it changes. It's like just when I think one behavior is over, another behavior starts. And it's like, we're back Ooh. trying to figure it out again. So it's just it's a, a, an ongoing process. I mean, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. Stressful, but mm-hmm. I'm, at the end, I'm, I'm glad that I got the diagnosis and I'm glad she's going to get the help that she needs. Because <clears throat> I just, I, when I really had that meltdown, I think it was more so like, I had a lot of friends that were pregnant around the same time as me. And I can see their kids talking and, and, you know, communicating with them. And I'm just like, my daughter doesn't talk to me. And I just want to hear her little voice. I really do. I just want to hear her little voice and just her say, mommy, I love you or anything. And so look, I'm about to get emotional thinking about it now. Um, Yeah. It's the more you work with her, she, you know she'll get better it's just it's just wonderful that you got her diagnosed when you did honestly because that's really all I kept hearing is the the sooner the better off their chances of getting through certain things there are certain behaviors they have so you you did the right thing thank you I'm I'm glad I did I'm glad I listened to myself and I think I tell a lot of people all the time like if you feel like something wrong go with your first mind I did the same thing with my sons when I found out Kevin has ADHD and uh, generalized anxiety disorder. And for years I've been saying, my son, he's not, he's not like other kids. Like he has a lot of anxiety about being around other children. And I'm like, that ain't normal. He's always worried about how people feel about him or think about him. So it's just like, when you feel like something's wrong, just stay on top of it. If I were to listen to everybody else, she would still be undiagnosed right now. That's good that you went with your with your first mind because, you know, I've even heard a comment that someone made about, you know, about Pootie and 
and it was you know and you were there but I was just mm-hmm. thinking like okay I guess if that's what you think like oh mm-hmm. she's just yeah she just she just what she said she just lazy lazy like, mm-hmm. even even not. after giving her the diagnosis even after the fact and I'm like here we go it's just it's that older people thing it's just they're really closed off similarly yes. and you know it's that's just how the old heads are they just, just like, la- it's a just lack of education too i think people don't really yeah. a lot or I they don't it's that taboo against it of, yes yes even when when i had my um her appointment they were like we don't want to label her you want to talk to people about it da, 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 da. and i was like no if it is what it is it is what it is i don't care about labels and i think the issue is exactly. that a lot of people tie autism in with the severe side of the spectrum yes when you will be surprised at how many children adults have autism and mm-hmm. live very functional lives and you would not know yeah i think it's just the the, the miss like the miss education of it like it's just people just don't know but it's like but when you know then you don't know how to navigate and move through it but you can't be in denial like no it's just this oh she just or like like they say back in that oh they just a little slow yeah she must have got dropped as a kid you know yeah and it's like no there's like there are some things that aren't defined and then there are things like this where it's defined it's called autism and let's educate ourselves and like you said Mallory you can't just look at a kid or a person and just be able to tell like oh yeah they're autistic like you can't you won't know it just by looking at them and I think that's what people think like kind of like how down syndrome is sometimes you know yeah. just by the way people's eyes are are set you know what I mean so people are like oh well they didn't know that but with autism like you said you can't just look at a person and know and I just think that people just they're just in denial about things or they if they admit that it's something then they can probably think back of a time where wow like I probably made fun of somebody who was autistic and didn't even know you know and they don't want somebody close to them to be diagnosed with that because then they're gonna look like a shitty person you know what I mean like oh I made fun of autistic person and now my niece and now my nephew or now my grandchild or whatever they're autistic now I feel like shit you know what I mean like it could be a sense of denial like that because of some past guilt that that they have you know yeah and I do believe that because like I said I think I've talked about this before too that they didn't really start diagnosing people with autism until the 80s they used to incorporate it with other disabilities or uh you know mental disorders and stuff they didn't really start diagnosing people with autism so your your uncle could be autistic but you know nobody knows they just think he's that's why I was gonna say there's so many I believe a lot of undiagnosed because if you really look at all the the symptoms of autism I can count quite a a few people I've run into throughout my life that might have had it it just didn't know I mean it's like you I just think a lot of people went undiagnosed because again things like that I feel like just back then I just feel like a lot of stuff was taboo and I just Mm -hmm. think like people just want to look past certain things or just assume everybody is you know maybe just mentally challenged when being autistic doesn't necessarily mean that you're delayed mentally it, there's it's, it's kind of different like there are some people that are that have autism but it, it doesn't always mean that there's some people that just literally have social anxiety issues and issues with socializing with people and that's really the long and short of their autism and there's some people who literally cannot care for themselves that's, that's how far that how much 
you know, that's why they call it autism spectrum because there's just different levels to it. You could be on one complete opposite end from another person. Like okay. where Sage is compared to my cousin who has it, they're completely different people. I mean, they're, they're, you just cannot compare it. So, yeah, I definitely agree. So I just feel like if you feel like something's wrong, bring it up to your doctor. Like I said, when I called my doctor, I didn't ask, can we come in and see that? No, I need a, a referral to a therapist now, like right now. I'm, I don't. I don't want to wait for nothing. I don't need to come in and talk about it. I, I've, I've already talked about it too many times with y'all. And I want to say this: I love my doctor. I really do. I love my kid's pediatrician. This was probably the only time he did not listen to me. Um. But once I told him, once we we just had an appointment the day after she turned two, and he was just basically like, "Okay, so we just gonna make sure we take all the steps we need to get her all the help she needs." And I'm just like, "Okay, cool." I'm like, I wish you would have listened to me at 18 months, but that's fine. We're here now. Oh, pay attention to everything. Right. Well, and to comment on I... something Bree said, I was my dad always used to say doctors are practicing medicine. So they, they don't practicing. always know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they don't, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't like, you know, obviously your doctors probably gonna know more than we do for most things, but I I'm one of the people I don't believe a doctor knows everything. And I'm not just gonna take any old answer every time when it comes to myself or my children. So it's like, like you said, we know. You can feel when something ain't right. Like you just, and that's when you have to advocate for yourself. And also to what you said, Victoria, regression, yes, which is why you say with autism, it change, it's, it's a constant change because you can see them really start flourishing in the area. And then there could be a big change that happens in the family. Like you move, a new baby comes, they go mm-hmm. to a different school, something, and all of a sudden, everything that you saw them start to do, they backslide. Mm-hmm. And that happened a lot. I mean, Sage had three siblings now, and she kind of regressed each time I had, you know, when I had Jaden, when I had the twins. It was, I saw a lot of new things start, some old things come back. I mean, it's just, they're very routine oriented. And mm-hmm. so it's like when there's a change, all hell breaks loose. Well, was there anything else you all wanted to? uh add as far as asking Mallory anything or is there like a final thought you think just for me it's just you know just being more understanding I think like we kind of go through life and if people have little differences sometimes a lot of us can look at people oddly or make comments or not want to be friendly with people because they might seem odd or different but after having Sage I'm just real I just, I really had to like, and we all want to say we're just nice to everybody, but there's been times in our lives where it's like, you know, you're like, that's, that kid is kind of weird or this, that, and the third. And I'm just learning, like, you have to accept everybody for their differences. There are some people that are just going to be, we're not all neurotypical. We're not all going to be the same and to just, just be kind, you know, and teach your kids to be kind because just hearing how some kids talk and how they respond to her or to other kids. It's just, it's it's like, damn, kids are mean. Like, and you just don't know how deeply that can affect another child, like, and just other people. So I just, you know, be kind, be understanding, you know, that's my final thought. Thank you 
so much, Mallory, for educating us on, you know, and bringing awareness to autism. And of course, this is Autism Awareness Month. So this is like no better time than to discuss this. So y'all, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to dive into this Will Smith and Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett Smith debacle that happened at the Oscars last Sunday. So stay tuned. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. So remember I said we was going to dive into this Will Smith and Chris Rock situation? Well, let's dive right on in. So if you've been living in a hole or a cave, here's pretty much what happened at the Oscars last Sunday. Chris Rock was, I believe, introducing an award. And of course, he's since he's a comedian, he was on a little bit of commentary. He made a joke to... Jada Pinkett Smith um pretty much it was a G.I. Jane joke since G.I. Jane you know she has short hair and he made a joke uh targeted towards Jada Pinkett Smith pretty much saying oh a G.I. Jane too can't wait to see a Jada was a little backstory Jada Pinkett Smith has alopecia hence why she has short hair I'm sure Chris Rock didn't know this but when he said the joke Jada rolled her eyes at him Will Smith kind of laughed at the beginning and then he stopped, went on stage, smacked Chris Rock, sat back down in his seat. Um, some people thought it was scripted, but it wasn't. And Will Smith proceeded to say, keep, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth. And he was like, all right, I'm going to. And then, you know, Chris Rock, he, it appears that he was definitely stunned. I was like, wow, that was a great moment in TV. Um, Will Smith just smacked the fuck out of me. And pretty much it's just been the talk of social media for literally a whole week now so the the oscar board is pretty much saying they're going to take some disciplinary action um a lot of comedians are coming out saying that they they're traumatized even though there's they're not the ones who was smacked so i don't i don't know if they're the ones but you know dramatics and it's from black and white comedians from Ellen DeGeneres to Wanda, Wanda Sykes. They so hold on, wait a minute. So hold on, let's let, let's back the bus up. So let's pose this question. Was Will Smith wrong for smacking Chris Rock on stage on live television at the Oscars? And no. go. No. No. I personally don't think he would. We've already had this conversation, but we beg black men to protect us and then we criticize him for wanting to protect us. This man has constantly talked about Jada. This is not the first time. And although I will say, I didn't know she had alopecia, but apparently it's like a well-known thing, so he did know. And to add on to that, I told you that he had a script. That wasn't a part of his script. Uh, what's the man's name? Will Packer. Uh, Will Packer. Will uh, he produced the Oscars this year, and he, you're saying that he said in the interview that it wasn't that was part of the script, he right? Did not read any part of the script that was on the teleprompter because the FBC, you know, they got guidelines and stuff that you can and can't say on TV. So there's a particular reason why they have a script. He didn't read shit off that script. Mm-hmm. That was not a written joke. That was some shit that something he just felt like was funny at the moment. Now, should he have smacked him all out? Look, I'll say he shouldn't have probably did, but at the end of the day, like, if you don't set an example, motherfuckers will start ice skating in this bitch. 
and I don't got time for that. You shouldn't be talking about nobody's wife. I don't give a fuck. He should have smacked. He deserved to be a smack the shit out of. Because like I said, this ain't the first time. Yeah, he been talking I, about I, I feel the same way. 1997. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and to and, <laughs> you know, he had to set an example for one. And you said he, you're not supposed to talk about people's wives, but beside that, you don't need to talk about somebody's condition if you don't know nope. about it. Who? Well, guess what? You got smacked the fuck out of. So now you know this is a serious topic. This is a sensitive issue. Now you know. Don't talk about Jada Sir. You could probably talk about someone souls her because they they're not battling um you know battling a condition you know what i mean they're not going through this so now you know you can joke with whoop-de-wop over here but you can't joke with jada pinkett smith so about her her you know what i mean go ahead tasha my bad uh you're good no um yeah i kind of feel like i will i feel like will did it because he had something to prove and that's why he chose to do it on live television i Mm -hmm. do agree yes he deserved to get smacked because like I said, there was previous run-ins where it was some some type of beef in the past or whatever, and you knew you was fucking wrong. But the thing that the thing is, I don't understand why he would make such an insensitive joke when you made a document yourself about black woman's hair. Mm-hmm. But you made a you made a doc you made a you you made a movie about how important black woman's hair is to them so if you haven't learned from that and then you would make a joke about her being bald knowing that how we are that's our crown piece that is our Mm -hmm. crown piece Mm -hmm. you know so of course when you make a joke like that and then it's in front of fucking millions the whole world yeah you deserve to get slapped I feel like but I feel like it was kind of like a double-edged sword because I feel like white people always say that oh black people are so aggressive and things Mm -hmm. like this so it just kind of like paints this narrative that oh black people don't know how to act in public and now they're not gonna get us regardless so who we who are we to try to like or prove a point to them like we're not living for them there if we act right we still gonna be a bunch of niggas you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like regardless on anything they still gonna have some white people they're still gonna have something to say and to piggyback off of chris rock making this movie he interviewed several women and they were talking about relaxers wigs different kinds of sewings like different kinds of hair you know whether they're getting you know indian hair in their head and all each woman was saying like how important their hair like all oh, my hair whether it's their hair or they got weaving their hair like they was talking about okay how important it is during sex don't try to pull my hair so you make this documentary like you said all to joke about a woman about her not having hair knowing how important our hair is to us like that's dumb as hell like clearly you weren't thinking another part of that is you know each person situation is different when it comes to their hair you know what i mean like for instance so hold on let me scroll up i got my notes or whatever so no scratch the last part i was gonna say so pretty much what if the situation was different if jada pinkett had cancer you know what i mean and that's why she was bald you know what i mean would people more so be on will smith's side like oh well now I see why he smacked, why he smacked because she has cancer or would it have still mm-hmm. been like, mm. it, does, it doesn't matter. It would have still been it's the still, same. It would have been still... the same because it's a black man that's angry. 
Yeah, mind you, he has not had any history of violence in the past. He is like I won't say the token black guy in in black Hollywood, but he hasn't had any run-ins. Like no one's had anything negative to say about him as far as violence. They may have talked about him in Jada's marriage, but they've never talked about. Oh, Will Smith has been a violent individual. No one like every time he's at a party. You know, you've never heard anyone come out and say that. And so the one time where he smacked somebody, not pull a gun on him, not stab him. He smacked somebody on stage and all of a sudden it was like all these comedians oh are, they're traumatized by it. And oh my gosh, I'm scared so for him. I think it's, it's so, I think it's the secondhand <laughs> embarrassment instead of Girl. them traumatized. You just got, you know how you see somebody and it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is embarrassing. You probably just got secondhand embarrassment from them, from him, from Chris Oh, Rock. because now they realize that there are consequences to their actions. Like yeah. we get it. Cause my mom was like, well, he's a comedian. He was like, I don't give a fuck. If she had no legs, would you make a joke about her not having no legs? If she All had cancer, would you make a joke, joke about that? All jokes ain't good jokes. I swear I was and saying, I was like, you you can joke with somebody else about they her, but don't joke, don't joke with her about it. You know what I mean? Like all jokes ain't a good joke. And white people so, joke differently than black people. You know what I mean? Which brings me to the point of Chris Rock has portrayed conish behavior, which I'll talk about that last because I got a whole a whole little piece about that. So I'm a I'm a we can still stay on topic with this, but I got a whole piece on another reason why Chris Rock deserved that. Besides the fact that a few years ago he was talking about Jada Pinkett Smith um, at the Oscars and was like, "Oh, all these people are boycotting, including Jada Pinkett Smith." You know, she wasn't invited. So why are you even mad? And it's just like, nigga, what? Like you know, when some people certain people she joking said- and joking about it. No, go ahead. That's because she said it was the worst day of her fucking life. That's mm. why. Because you're a terrible person. Inside and out, it doesn't matter what you do or what you say. Nobody likes you. Except white people. You mm-hmm. a fucking home. Mm-hmm. Point blank period. You got mm-hmm. smacked because you don't know how to keep pe- black people name out your mouth. And you know the motherfuckers know the code. And you're not supposed to talk about people's wives. I don't give a shit. And then if you know, like I said, I didn't know she had alopecia, but other people knew. So obviously, it's a well-known thing. Mm-hmm. So the fact being, Eric, he was just so easily, like I said, once I found out that that wasn't even a part of the fucking script, so you just, so you was just, just being an script, ass. You went off script, and you went off and got smacked. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, another thing to consider, like, is regina hall that's my girl i love regina hall she's hilarious super underrated i'm glad that she's come from literally being on the best man being a stripper on the best man to now hosting the oscars that is a big big achievement so you know her and jada were in girl trips together they were in girl trips together and she made a joke and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm single. So I have a list of all the single men I want to come up to the stage. And she was listing all these guys who are single. And she said, oh, Will Smith, I already talked to Jada. So it's cool. You can come on up here. And Jada looked at her and smiled and pointed at her like, ah, that was a good one. But I'm sure that they probably had a conversation beforehand. Like, hey, this is my friend. Uh, like because Will Packer he produced the show so I'm sure that he produced something like that and he knows Jada because I think he produced Girls Trip so I'm sure mm-hmm. that he's like oh I'm gonna make this joke about Jada I talked to her it's cool Regina can you say it all right Regina like all right let me talk to her because that's my homegirl and I ain't trying to embarrass her or step on those toes you know what I mean so some people was like well they were joking all night well the difference is they're friends so I'm sure that she probably 
went through her and was like oh they want me to make this joke are you cool with it you know what i mean because people are like well what if uh what if the rock would have said something about jada would will smith have smacked him and people was like well he probably wouldn't have said that joke or he probably another thing is will smith probably doesn't have a lot of respect for chris rock which because like i said he got coonish behavior versus mm-hmm. the rock he probably like i respect him i ain't even go go up and smack him even if he is like six eight with a bunch of muscles and was a wrestler you know what i mean besides all of that you know people's like oh he knew who to slap and it's like okay but he was y'all big black men black men to protect us and then when the opportunity comes what's the first thing niggas starts saying that wasn't the place or the time. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. I don't want action. If I, do, I want then, motherfucking I action now. I want action now. Smack the shit out of that nigga right now. <laughs> y'all know I like. Y'all know how. Yeah, I I'm do. like yo, you, you like aggressive like <laughs> behavior. Me, I probably would have been like, mm, you probably shouldn't have smacked him in front of all these people. But I appreciate the, you defending my honor. And a lot of people are, oh my god, it was just, it's just annoying the shit that I've been hearing people say. It was like, oh my god, Jada's a master manipulator. She gave Jada gave Will a look and it was like almost like finish him, like go up there and smack him type <laughs> shit. And it was like she, she did hold a gun to his head. She did. She looked at Will. But no one seen that the camera had went away when no, first of all, the last clip, no the last clip that you seen was that of her rolling her eyes will smith laughing and he stopped and then the camera went back to chris and then chris was like oh oh hey what's going on like you couldn't see the time where he stood up out of his seat you probably seen the back view but you probably didn't see the view where she looked over at him and was like you you not gonna say nothing nigga like i, I think people are just creating these false narratives like she mm-hmm. looked at him and was like you need to go up there with his ass she just gave him a look and it was like it couldn't have not been like or she it's not like she gave him a look like she could have been like mm, like i appreciate that and she didn't probably say go up there and smack the fuck out of him she probably yeah, and she like, didn't do, she didn't she didn't do nothing like that but she but he but will clearly seen her Hold on. I heard, oh, damn, he crying. But I'll handle that later. But you clearly see her mood change after the joke. Yeah. So if you're in tune with your wife, you know how she's feeling or what she's feeling or whatever. So I guess he mm-hmm. felt like, okay, my, my wife's feelings is hurt. I already don't like you. And we already got bad blood anyway. So he felt like he needed to go up there and slap his ass. I would have did a I, me personally, I would be like, yeah, we're going to handle this later. Mm-hmm. We're going to handle this later. I'd be one of them motherfuckers who like, you do something to me, like say we in the club, you do something to me, I'll be that motherfucker that's waiting outside the club for your ass and pop your ass. That's, that's, that I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sneak, I'm a sneak ass. And my problem I would have wished it probably would have happened off the camera like behind you know the scenes or whatever and fuck his ass up real good but I just kind of feel like you know I guess he just you know took his chance he, he couldn't really do much anyway he walked up to there and just slapped the fuck out of his ass but and my yeah. thing is people are just I don't know and I don't know if it's because I got a soft spot for Will Smith but I just I'm like okay y'all taking this over like Will Smith and oh and the police were called it was like y'all we talking about Will Smith we ain't talking about motherfucking a soldier boy or we are talking about Will freaking Smith 
don't remember his middle name, but we talking about Will Smith. We not talking about some violent ass motherfucker who be doing crazy shit all the time. If anything, he's probably one of the most likable people seems like in Hollywood mm-hmm. and the one chance that he messes quote unquote messes up or does something that no one agrees with all of a sudden it was like this he needs to be exiled and I don't, I don't know he needs to he needs to have his head chopped off he needs to be locked up and, to, and it's like yeah he just smacked the fuck out of him he didn't stab this man and and like Vic was saying every that means that your actions that there are consequences and you know you got tony rock out here doing the stand-up and was like oh the rock brothers they coming how you go slap my brother because your bitch gave you a look and it was like all right now like all right keep talking that shit like my thing is now it seems like you now you triggering will smith and i think once people figure out what your triggers are they're gonna act on it's like oh i know how to get him out of shape i know how to get him all bent up out of shape and get him to react i'm gonna say something about his wife her and then i'm gonna get a uh, i'm gonna have somebody record it and have him punch me and i'm gonna sue him like you now you trick now it's like now you triggering this man because and i mean but comedians they do they do like chris i'm not chris rock tony rock probably was just needed some kind of material to talk about on his stand-up because let's be real no one's really checking to go see tony rock i mean let's just let's just be honest but overall yeah, he I just made his brother got smacked the shit out first of first of all first mm-hmm. of all they he put tony rock paid on all of us which will and jay to produce how you gonna mm-hmm. be talking about motherfuckers who fucking gave you a goddamn job that gave you place? your shot too huh like, did you not forget that that's probably the only biggest thing that you had, sir? Like, that's the only really biggest thing that you had. And and now you're talking down on them. Like, your best bet is to not even say nothing. Or are you mad because the show got canceled or you got kicked off the show? Like, what is it? Is it some kind of underlying hurt there or bitterness? Who knows? Who knows? But I will say this. As far as, um, you know, the, my whole views on Chris Rock having coonish behavior he was in the room with like a movie director and I think another actor and Jerry Seinfeld and he displayed this coonish behavior because he let the director his um he directed Pootie Tang he let Chris Rock pretty much let him openly say nigga not nigga but nigger like with the ER on the end and he did not check him and it pretty much started off with was like Chris Rock was I will say in a sense praising him like oh he's the blackest white guy no and you know um you are you know you you are really the black the you know the blackest white guy and the dude ends up saying like oh like a nigger and Chris Rock was like yeah like yeah like you are like the nastiest effing white man ever like you're just like oh man you just like the blackest white dude and Jerry Seinfeld he didn't appreciate him saying that and he was just and you can tell like they were all laughing and all of a sudden Jerry Seinfeld his mood like is switched he was like yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't use that word you know I didn't find any humor in it and I don't really find any humor in it nor do I seek to and then I think it kind of got tense in the room but I guess in the sense Jerry Seinfeld didn't appreciate for one Louis CK the the guy he didn't appreciate him saying it and he also lost respect for Chris Rock for letting him say like you just go let him disrespect your culture like that like you just go let him say that you know what I mean so that's why I feel like he has coonish behavior now I'm gonna give credit when credit's due 
I did like Everybody Hates Chris. You know, that was created by Chris Rock. I, I do enjoy that show. That was a very good show. But we got to call a spade a spade. And when something is wrong, he was wrong in the moment of him saying this, you know, letting this man say nigga. He was wrong when he made this joke about Jada Pinkett. And if he didn't know, all right, so you didn't know, sir. But now you know. Now you know. But let's not nah, have to like, jokes about her like before. He knew because after finding out that he wasn't that wasn't even a written joke you knew you knew you're like oh man this stuff is boring i'm finna go off the grid i'm finna go off the grid and 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 say my own joke you know what i'm saying i'm finna just say my own little joke okay well that's cool say your own joke you got smacked and now you know don't say this shit again and of course right you learned a lesson right until the blind eye, the joke probably wasn't that serious. Or as Bill Mayer said regarding Jada Pinga Smith, he was like, just put a fucking wig on like everybody else at the Oscars, at like everyone else at the Oscars, if it bothers you so much. And it's like but let him have, let him Chris Rock had did a joke about him, him, some white man balding. Motherfuckers yeah. would have been in church. But that's something he was like, well, eighty percent of men bald and it's forty percent in women. Like it's life, it's age. Like this should be. If this is the only condition you have, God bless you. But this is the only thing you have to worry about. Alopecia like, don't talk down. Age. You said what? Alopecia ain't got shit to do with age. Exactly. But he was just saying a bunch of just a bunch of nonsense. Bunch and of to me, and and like also, why should she have to cover up a condition? Maybe she's trying to embrace it. But it's still a sensitive topic. Like, yeah, I'm rocking the ball. Look, because I'm trying to embrace it. I may not want to wear wigs. They itch my head. I don't want to mm-hmm. wear a wig. But I'm embrace it. But that don't mean that gives you the right to joke about it because it's still a sensitive topic. So exactly. I don't know. People just have their different angles on, well, Will Smith, uh, well, Jada disrespected Will Smith for years. And just it's just all this unnecessary shit that it's just like, that doesn't matter. They're married. Right. Chris Rock disrespected her. Will handled it. It may not have been how maybe 80% you of the may world have done it, it, but he did it. You know what I mean? He still <laughs> defended her and he stood up for her. With a smack on the at the Oscars on live television probably wasn't, you know, the best. But my thing is, it's, it's, it's regarding like the, the guidelines that they're saying that Will Smith violated and that's why they're taking disciplinary action. You got people who get punched on stage and uh, what was it? Britney Spears and Madonna tongue kissing at like an MTV award. You got all this stuff. But if somebody gets smacked, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, no, that's where we draw the line. And it's like, y'all, y'all got worse shit that come on TV. Come on now. It's but been way worse shit on. that's been on TV. But no, like on. I said, I think the issue is, is that a lot of people are not used to Black men defending Black women. Mm-hmm. in that moment mm-hmm. they, they a lot of people not used to that shit so when they see it ain't it's not supposed to he could have no, 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 no he was protecting his wife's feelings he's right. the one at home with her when she cries about her hair falling out he knows how she yeah. feels about that mm-hmm. you can't you can't sway me no other way he that's what was supposed to happen and i feel like what happens is supposed to happen is supposed to happen and i'm impulsive as fuck so i do sh- shit like that is some shit i do and also, you so, can't tell somebody how to act about their condition and how to 
react when they're defending someone like like all you can say is that's not something that I would do but I'm not that person you don't know like you say you don't know that hurt he does we don't we haven't seen the hurt that Jada goes through every day with that Will Smith is there every day with her probably sees her crying her eyes out as she's dealing with this and as she was going through like oh my god why is my hair coming out you know what I mean and as someone who just found out she has alopecia I wish somebody would joke about my hair. Honestly, like I just found out this well, last week that I have alopecia and it is hereditary. And I just thought it was just my edges. I just thought, oh, okay, I have, I have thin edges. It just, it won't grow back. You know, maybe, maybe it's just something with my hair. Went to a dermatologist, figured out, no, you have alopecia. We just need to figure out what type. And I've been sensitive about my edges for years. Like, it's not like I just, my edges just started balding when, I um had Zaylin like no I've my edges have been like really thin for you first of all I've had thin hair for years and then on top of that my edges they take forever to grow back when like if I get braids and it gets pulled out but I've always been sensitive about it and always wonder like why like why no matter what I put on them like my hair I'm like why does my hair never grow back here like oh, okay my hair the rest of my hair grow but these edges it's just not it's just not hidden so I get it like I understand like if my boyfriend smacks somebody for me in front of a bunch of people yeah I'd be like I appreciate that yeah you probably shouldn't have did it in front of everybody but you know I, I appreciate you defending me because now people know this sensitive topic and don't joke about it you got to make an example out of motherfuckers like especially if somebody that knows about it now it'd be different if somebody didn't know about him like pull him to the side be like hey I don't know if you know but Bree she got alopecia you know she's all you know that's something she's she's still struggling with you know what I'm saying so like try not to joke about that shit man because it's something serious then you'll know but you know every situation is different and people is just at this point it's like I'm kind of tired of hearing about it because it's like okay he did what he did like period but that just show goes to show you like it don't matter how good you are how good of a good boy or no problem like no trouble that you get into in the media as soon as you act up or do something that's that's um not a lot of people agree with you still they go look at you as just another nigga like oh and then here goes that nigga yep. we knew we knew it was gonna come out and and it's fucked up but that's it luckily he still won that award that night but still it's like they still go look at you as like oh he's just another nigga type shit mm-hmm. so, yep so it didn't matter how he reacted to it or what he did or whatever the case may be. It would have still been a negative. Um, it would still been like a negative insight on it. So I feel like he did the right thing at that moment. And if it was yeah, me, that's how I, I feel. I, I kind of feel like I still would have still I still would have respected it if he just did it outside well, or after on a commercial break or something. But while filming live, I don't know. Just me. I feel like could have just waited, you know. Regardless of what white people think or whoever, still, I feel like he just he he acted out of emotion. But I even then, like, people would have been like he was spiteful for smacking him later. They would hit him with the, oh, he could have let that go. That was earlier in the day. Why would he smack him at the after party? Well, why would he do that? later on da 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 because it, it, at the end of the day it don't matter it don't matter if you would have did it then later another day they would have said something was wrong with it because it's a black man smacking the shit he ain't even punching first of all let's talk about it. 
He smacked that man. He smacked a grown man. Open, open hand, face, palm. What? To the face. To the face. That's some that's some disrespectful shit. Just off GP, that's disrespectful as fuck. But yeah, I don't I don't think it would have mattered at what time. Because if he would have did that at the Oscars uh, after party, somebody would have had some shit to say about that. Will Smith smacked uh, Chris Rock at the after party. Oh, he waits till the next day. He smacked him at such and such and such. It it wouldn't have mattered. It would not have mattered because it's Will Smith committing an act of violence towards another black man Mm -hmm. in defense of his wife. Yeah. Period. But I feel like the majority of people, they were like, yeah, I would have did the same thing. If you, regardless, I kind of feel like people who say that he shouldn't have smacked him or whatever, Okay, but what if that but what if that was your kid or a family member being disrespected? You gonna throw hands with them regardless, right? To me, that I feel like if you disrespect my son or if I'm out in public and you say something disrespectful, mm-hmm. you're gonna get hands. Point blank period. Or I'm gonna verbally disrespect. Especially, especially about my kid. Especially about my motherfucking kids, <laughs> baby. Ain't no Ain't no guessing or nothing, bitch. I will beat your ass off GP about my kids. You know, because I've been seeing like people on 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 Facebook talking about, well, we adults now, and that's how you get charges and all of the stuff like that. And watch so? what the fuck you gotta say, bitch. I got bail money. <laughs> so like Certain things are fighting words. If you're going to disrespect my people or my child, I don't give a fuck. If you say something disrespectful, sometimes grown people need to be checked too. And sometimes it has to be physical. And you know what's funny is, I was just about that adult part. It's funny because when Kevin Ken were in school, they had an issue with a bully. And um, one of the teachers, which was a white passing Hispanic woman, um was like a white passing hispanic woman yes if you wouldn't have known her last name was hernandez you wouldn't have known she was hispanic because she does not she was white passing anyway so Mm -hmm. she um i'm talking to their teachers about it and they're like well we told him you know you don't let people do that blah blah but they teachers is black so they was like we told them to tee off on his ass but you know they can't say that in front of other teachers but the Hispanic woman was like, well, we, we don't accept bullying of any kind. He just needs to walk away. I said, so if I smack the shit out of you right now, you're going to tell me that you're just going to walk away from that? She had no words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quit playing with me. Stop, stop, trying to, stop trying to change my kid into believing that, that they're not supposed to defend themselves. Now, this is not related to Will Smith or anything like that, but it's just funny how people be like, we're adults now, blah, 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 bullshit. Because if a motherfucker come up to you and try you in front of your kids, in front of your your family, your people, whatever it is, you're supposed to hold your own. And you telling me that if somebody disrespects you, you just don't let them disrespect you? Exactly. Right. And that's where I'm, and, and that's kind of how I feel. Oh, charges or whatever. If somebody put your hands if somebody put their hands on you, you're not going to just fucking later and, and, and just let them beat on you. What what kind of sense does that make? Oh, so what, you're going to get hit and then, oh, you're going to get the, or I'm going to file charges. I'm going to see you. No. 
what the fuck is that gonna do? This is gonna and be I, more money out of pocket for me and you. No, I'm gonna defend myself, and then you're gonna learn your lesson not to put your hands on nobody else. How about that? Period. Only thing I commend Chris Ross for not like tussling with him, I commend him for that. Cause like I said, motherfucker come up and smack me, bitch. We fight. Like we finna fight. <laughs> like fuck this, fuck this award, fuck all this shit. Like we finna fight. But he ain't fighting back. He was just like, I just got smacked. And but it I seems like, like he but just, I feel like he, he deserved it though. He, I feel like I the reason knew. why he didn't react to it because he knew he fucking deserved that shit. Yeah. And he just seemed shocked. Like, did y'all see that video that it showed? Like, when I think somebody was, uh, well, I think it's Plus Love was accepting an award. And it showed a video of Chris Rock off to the side. Like, because it was like right after he was presenting the award for uh, Quest Love. And so Chris Rock was off to the side. And so they had this sad music playing. It was just like, people was like, no, nah, I really feel bad for Chris Rock. Like, I don't know, it was just like the music, either somebody just added some music in or they just had the music in there from the Oscars. And it was just, Chris Rock was just kind of like looking like, oh my God, I can't believe this shit happened. And it was playing this sad music. So people was like, oh, now, if I didn't feel bad for Chris Rock, now I do. It was like, man. I don't feel bad for him. No, but the thing is, but the part, I just, I meant to share it to y'all. It was cell phone video of after Will Smith getting his award. Will Smith came up to um, Chris Brock and I guess like it showed him hugging him and they were having a conversation. So I don't know if he like apologized then or whatever, but mm-hmm. they had words after he smacked him and he consoled oh, him. Man. And I guess he explained, you know, why he did it. But but they don't ever show all of that shit. They just be worried about the fact being he smacked the shit out of him. but that's what but that's what people do when something happens or when something big happens they sensationalize it you know Mm -hmm. and they just blow it up and Mm -hmm. and that's and that's the reason why it's so big now you know but because when i say i what was i doing i don't even it was because i was on a sunday like last sunday or some shit Mm -hmm. i think i had just got home i had clients all sunday that's what it was i had clients all sunday so when i got home i was like i'm getting in the bed i'm going to bed and i just so happened to get on of course tiktok and i see the video and i'm like what the fuck get on instagram it's all on instagram i'm like what the fuck happened so I did my little deep dive into it. And I'm talking about y'all know me. I'm a I'm a research that shit. I want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I seen that shit. I was like, oh. And they still <laughs> at that point, I didn't know about the alopecia. I had to talk to my mama. And my mama said, I said, so wait, he made a ball joke about a woman, a black woman that got alopecia. Are you? Yeah, you deserve that shit. Like smack, well deserved. Like, well deserved but then you can see how quickly people put out bullshit about oh somebody wrote that joke two white women wrote that joke blah 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 and then will pass come out and say nobody wrote that joke that joke was not written he made that joke up on his own we did not write that shit so it just shows you like how quickly the media will try to spin this out it's like it wasn't even his joke he didn't even do blah blah, blah. and it was like yes it was yes it was not the producer coming out talking about some no um yeah that wasn't blah 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 like that's crazy it's just this shit's crazy that shit brain <laughs> but now but like uh biggie small said if you don't know now you know now you know nigga <laughs> 
just saying you know but I, i'm still ride for if i had to choose who side I'm a, and who was wrong i'm gonna stick beside him 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 that's your man and i'm gonna keep and i'm gonna keep finishing reading his book too i'm gonna stick beside him but you know he yeah. is you know yeah, they already is. said they was i was like perfect but i don't want them to make it like a 30 minute episode like they did about the uh will jade and august i've seen the thing like when the two of them talked about it i want them to like spend an hour talking about it like, like <laughs> I, I, I think it's that much to talk about in an it hour analysis i swear no because that way happens, the longer it is we can get or i i'll even settle for 45 minutes 45 minutes let's talk about this shit dead that shit and then poof let's let's be over it but i just think people just keep coming up with these different different kind of narratives and analysis and it's like yo can something else happen like can somebody like do some shit to make themselves go viral and then we can just like stop talking about this I'm oh yeah, guys. Cause it ain't nothing going on right now. You know, I stay <laughs> on TikTok. Ain't nothing going on. It's been so boring. I've been so bored with TikTok that I ain't even been on it as much. Yeah, guys. So that's our episode for today. Um, again, we're going to thank Mallory. She had to. She had to. Uh, you know, dip off here, but I want to thank Mallory for coming on the show and um, educating us about uh, autism awareness with our uh, daughter Sage having autism and just, you know, giving us a lot of information, especially me, whom I didn't, you know, I didn't know a lot about. Also, big up to Vic for opening up about her experience with Kennedy being newly diagnosed to being autistic and also this tad bit this last bit about the will and jada situation and chris rock every joke ain't a good joke and don't always you can't always talk about people's wives and you can't tell people how to react to something if you're not going through it period point blank so again thank you for listening listeners um this is brie Vic and Tasha. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Email us at blackmillennialmamas at gmail.com if you would like to be a sponsor. And we are out, y'all. Toodles. Toodles. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>